fibers to trap and lock dust in one swipe. Dust can't hide on ceiling fans and bookshelves anymore. When you're done, just remove the disposable cloth and voila, that dust is gone for good. Now that you know the dirt, say goodbye to the dust. Swiffer Heavy Duty Dusters. Stop cleaning. Start Swiffering. Pull up to churches today for boneless that's bringing it all. Bringing buttermilk marinated juiciness and all white meat deliciousness. Try our new Texas tenders or chicken sandwich with new smoky honey Q sauce for just $3.99. Churches, bringing that down home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Would you like a cleaning product that can be used in the garage, the laundry, and the kitchen? And save space in your cabinet? Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. To learn more, visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green. The Screen Actors Guild Awards put diversity first. These rebels without a job. They're a threat to national security. Top prize went to the trial of the Chicago 7. Frank Langella played the judge. Reverend King was right. We need leaders to guide us toward hating each other less. For the first time in SAG history, actors of color swept the four individual acting categories. What is you? I don't see your name in lights. The late Chadwick Boseman won for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. His widow, Simone, accepted. Thank you, screen actors. Thank you, Chad. On the TV side, Schitt's Creek and The Crown took top honors. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. A Girl Scout from Wausau, Wisconsin, and certainly hit her goals selling cookies this year. Nine-year-old Natalie Lepowski sold 673 boxes. I am proud of myself because it's probably... One of the highest numbers any troop has ever gotten to. Wendy Gillette, CBS News. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com work. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash work. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash work. ZipRecruiter.com slash work. Spring is here. What a better way to celebrate than with a new color and style from the Infinity Salon. As a Goldwell Ambassador Salon, color is our specialty. Whether it's a balayage, platinum blonde, brilliant rich reds, or beautiful brunettes, we perform all the latest techniques to achieve the perfect color and style to fit your individuality. The Infinity Salon, to infinity and beyond your expectations. TheInfinitySalon.com, 740-594-4600. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. 
Integrated Services uh, is constantly seeking partnerships. How can I have a meaningful relationship with primary care providers so that we can take care of our shared community of people that need support? We've grown exponentially and I really see the next five to ten years being a similar story. The opportunities are endless. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports van at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. The Reds are on the radio. The 2-1 hit high in the air. Left center field hit deep. Carlson going back on the warning track. At the wall. Leaps and gone. A three-run home run for Nick Castellanos. The Reds' offense, led by Nick Castellanos, was explosive as they took the season-opening series against St. Louis. Up next, it's the Pirates. Here are all the action on your home of the Reds. Hi, this is Joe Mullins with the Radio Ramblers. We've been thankful to perform throughout the state, the U.S., and beyond, featuring bluegrass music, homegrown here in Ohio. We are certainly ready to get back on stage in front of audiences and at festivals and concerts after we have enough people vaccinated in the state. The COVID-19 vaccine will let us all get back in business doing what we love. Please roll up your sleeve. Ohioans have come a long way and we can't afford to stop our efforts now. Don't procrastinate, vaccinate. To schedule a vaccine appointment, see gettheshot.coronavirus.ohio.gov or call 1-833-427-5634. That's 833-427-5634. Do it today for a healthy Ohio as soon as possible. 1-833-427-5634. Ohio. I'm heading home to you. I-N-E-P-G. N-F-T. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, your NF Tech football team in action this past weekend again against Double Dakota Tech. That's right, DDT, them boys, Coach Robinson, still working the bugs out of their program. Well, I was wondering what kind of game was it? Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, we played a fine ball game, and the boys went out and played a real fine game on offense and a real fine game on defense, and especially the special teams played a real fine ball game. Of course, DDT, even though they're still working the bugs out of their program, they give us a fine ball game, Coach Robinson and his boys. So what? All the fans who came out to see the game scene when everything was all over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. It was a conference ball game, and I know you were looking to pick up your first conference win of the season. That's right. This is the start of our conference race, the stretch run, and uh, we are optimistic about winning and being in the struggle for the conference title this year. Were you able to even up your conference record with a win on the ball game Saturday night? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, we, we come out of it. Uh, we now 0-6 and six and 0-2 uh, and two in the conference because uh, uh, we come up on the short end of a 39-4 and four score. But the score is not indicative of the way that we played. We played a whole lot better than what the score would indicate. And we'll be back to find out more about this ball game with Coach <clears throat> Turf. Right now, let's pause for this message. And you can score big with this show's sponsor, proudly sponsored, by the Art Turf Industrial Toilet Bowl, Industrial Strength Toilet Bowl Cleaner. Coach Turf, your team dropped a 39-4 decision to double Dakota Tech on Saturday night, but 
on the bright side, you did score as many points in that game as you had in the previous five games. Well, that's right. You know, we always looking for bright spots in the ball game. We did get ourselves four points. In fact, we even had to lead in that ball game. Uh, you know, we uh, were thinking back to the game the week before to, when we went to play Seashore State at their place, and they had that tremendous home field advantage. And I was thinking, well, boy, howdy, it'd be real nice if we had us a home field advantage like they did. So we put our thinking caps on, our coaching staffs and us, we took it upon ourselves to find a way to give us an advantage. And we come up with one. We decided what we was going to do, seeing as how they, DDT was, trying to work the bugs out of their program. We, we decided we was going to coat the football with a special treatment that was going to help us out. So we sprayed the football before the ball game started, and when we kicked off and they received the football and had the ball for the first play, they went to uh, hike the ball to their quarterback, Spider Stevens. He couldn't hold on to the football. He, there was something about that football, what we put on it, that he couldn't hang on to, and it was bombing around back into their end zone, and they fell on it. But, boy, how did we had ourselves a safety. And, and you led two to nothing at that point. And not only that, we got the lead. That's the first time we've been ahead all year, and, and, and we, we kept it going because when next time they had the football, same thing. They didn't get used to it, and, and, and we had ourselves another safety. It was four and zip, and I looked up on the scoreboard. It was four and zip, and we wasn't to zip. We was the four. Well, Coach, what would you say was the turning point in the game? Well, as long as they had the football, we was doing fine. So uh, turning point of the ball game was when we got the football. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Uh, 13 minutes after 9 o'clock, beautiful sunshine shooting in our window here and 44 degrees outside. You know, I think spring is finally here. Gonna climb up to 77 today. 80 tomorrow. Yeah, boy. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. For spring, yeah, I've been ready since uh, that final 11th snow. I'm greeny, too. Yeah. Ready, greeny? Yep, you got it. Yeah. Ready, greeny, yellowy, orangey. Right. Grapey. Word, uh, words, folks, a couple of things have been going on here. And um, um, so, this is cool. Um, today's, of course... Um, April 5th. Tomorrow, we will have Glenda Lehman on. Now, who is that? We've recently had a little discussion here on the air about Lehman's store up in, um, what is it, Kidron, right? Yes. Um, It's near Worcester anyway. I've been up there a number of times. It's an amazing, and they would say Amish store. 
So uh, Glenda is going to be a guest with us tomorrow. And uh, we're going to learn some of the history and, and uh, you know, the, it's just an amazing thing. And if you've never visited that store, Mercy, um, there are so many unique things. Like kerosene refrigerators. Yeah, refrigerators that work on kerosene. And just, well, you know, you may say, why? Well, this is all based on certain um, uh, beliefs of the Amish religion and rules that they have. So anyway, so that's uh, tomorrow. On Wednesday, um, the International Student Union will be our topic here at Ohio University. And I need to get my homework going on both of these. So hopefully tonight I'll be able to do some preparation. Although Kidrons I know pretty well, and for that matter, the international students, I know a number of them too. Yeah, Glenda Lehman Irvin is actually her name. She is the daughter of the yeah. founder of the whole shebang up there, Jay right. Lehman. Right. So that should be an interesting show if you like those types of things. You know, kind of taking things back, uh, what, a few decades? Well, you know, I recently built some um, kerosene lamps. You know, we had a power failure here, what, a month, two months ago, something like that. Yeah. And I don't know. I was Mid, just... Mid-January, yeah. Yeah. I was just putzing around, and I decided, huh. I was over at White's Mill, and they had some parts for making kerosene lights. For repairing kerosene lamps, I should say, not lights. And um, pretty soon I had built two completely from scratch. And mercy, it was it was a fun project. All right. Yeah, and, and what they do is they, they basically have all of these products... Um, and appliances, things like I use that term loosely, appliances, uh, well. to kind of provide a simpler way of life, you know, um, in kind of uh, some people would call it chaotic times. This uh, company was founded in 1955. Now, I visited it. Um, I mean, folks, uh, uh, if you've listened to me any length of time, the roots of my mother's side of the family was Worcester, Ohio. And uh, the Painter family, the Drake family, uh, both uh, kind of big deals there in Worcester. So we would visit often. And then, uh, you know, some of the surrounding nearby communities we got to know. And that's how I came to learn about Lehman. And um, so, anyway. Pretty cool. This company's run by uh, Glenda Lehman Irvin, as I mentioned, the daughter of the founder, and also the son of the founder. So brother and sister running the company now, uh, the uh, the son and daughter of the founder. Galen Lehman is the son. I, I need to ask, is the father still alive? I do not think so. Okay. Uh, I'm not 100% on that, but... Uh, 
Yeah, it's run run by his children now. Mm. Sure. Well, um, let's see here. Today is April fifth. Have we said that yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, you know, now that you asked me that, I I want to find out if Mr. Lehman is still living okay. here too. So well. Go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I'll do this. April 5th it is, folks. And let's see here. Let me look up at this list. Um, let's see. Today is Monday. That part's right. And it is April 5th, the 95th day now of this calendar year. 270 days remain. Uh, in terms of a highlight in history on April 5th, but the year 2010. An explosion at the Upper Big Branch Mine near Charleston, West Virginia, killed 29 workers. In a televised rescue, 115 Chinese coal miners were freed after spending eight days trapped in a flooded mine, surviving an accident that had also killed 38. Those were two different incidents. But, um, yeah... Yeah, I remember that one at the Upper Big Branch Mine in West Virginia. Only one of them came out of there alive and I think due to lack of oxygen suffered uh, some partial brain damage Mm -hmm. from that. Uh, Incidentally, while you're looking there, Jay Lehman, the founder of the company, uh, just recently passed away last July after celebrating his 91st birthday. Fair enough. Let's see here. Um, <clears throat> what about... Um, Colin Powell. I had the chance to work with him ever so slightly once. I can't even remember what the project was, but... Uh, anyway... Of course, he's been the former U.S. Secretary of State, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Real class guy. Anyway, he's 84 today. Um, is that you or me? That's you. Okay. Um, just looking through here. A lot of birthdays, but no names I really recognize. This is very odd. Well, anyway, the youngest person to be listed today is an actor whose name is Lily James, and she's 32. Otherwise, I forgive... Forgive everybody. Forgive me, everybody, whose name I didn't mention. I just didn't uh, didn't recognize anybody there. Um, April fifth, it is today. Is first contact day. Now, what's that mean to you? Oh, I I looked at it earlier, and it um, something about the first contact of aliens with uh, the the human race uh, based on. I don't know. I think something about the Star Trek film series. So um, let me see if I can get a declaration here. 
Um, yeah, it has something to do with the Star Trek. There's a first Star Trek first contact day. And uh, so it has to do with with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you're this, this if you're a Trekkie, here. you know what that is. Well, I'm I don't know. We've got some Trekkies in the building, and I'm not sure they would go there. Yeah, we've probably got some Trekkies that we can't see too. They're in the in invisible. <laughs> Maybe they hang out in the ceiling. Or that. Or out back. Back, back restroom. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Gold Star Spouses Day. Gold Star Spouses Day. It's National Deep Dish Pizza Day. Or Pizza Day. Pizza Day. Either one's good good with me. Which? Gold Star Spouses? Pasta or pizza. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what Gold Star Spouses is when you when you go on there. Okay. Uh, National Go for Broke Day. National Caramel Caramel Caramel. However you choose to pronounce it, I do it both ways. Yep. Day. National Read a Roadmap Day. National Nebraska Day. National Flash Drive Day. And National Raisin and Spice Bar Day. Mm. Okay. Now, Gold Star Spouses Day uh, honors surviving loved ones of military service members killed in the line of duty. It offers a remembrance for the spouses and their families at a time of recognition of their sacrifices. Many communities and organizations hold events showing support for Gold Star families on this day through ceremonies, uh, teas, memorial races, luncheons, they honor and remember fallen warriors. You know, I... This should be every day. I don't think I... I don't think I've said too much about this lately. Or on this program. But after... Um, let's see here. I finished in the service in nineteen late 1973. I have never pursued um, any veterans organizations, you know. Um, There's some that um, are there for fellowship. There's some that are there for health um, assistance with health conditions. There are some that are there to help you with your finances, like mortgages and things like that. There's all sorts of things out there. I had never particularly paid any attention to them. Until, I'm going to say, the last six months. Maybe it's been nine. But uh, we were going to do a refi on the house since the interest rates were so much lower than what our current deal was, you know? Yeah. So, I now have my house through a VA mortgage, Veterans Administration. I've joined the Veterans Administration. I've joined the American Legion. 
I'm still trying to learn how to join our local Legion Lodge. Or you should join the VFW, too. Yes, of course. And, I mean, all of these are kind of on my things to do list. And, um, of course, at our age and with nobody at home, we eat dinners out a lot, right? Um, I would say uh, we might eat in once a week <laughs> um, a dinner. So, you know, just the idea of going to the Legion Hall and having a bite to eat. It's another opportunity. And, of course, we're very social people, too. So we would run into a number of people we're certain we would know. I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying that I, I kind of wish I had gotten involved in some of these things a little bit earlier in my lifetime. The veterans... What is with my phone? These veteran organizations... And, uh, but, I'm glad I'm doing it now, right? Yes, of course. I uh, have been a member of the Sons of the American Legion for years, with now, Dad being a veteran. Okay, so that, I didn't even know there was such a thing. So this is where, if your father had been a veteran or a mother, mm -hmm. then you could also have some activity with that organization. Yes, it, it's an auxiliary group that is uh, provided for because they want the sons to take over because I, I think they were talking about memberships declining from, you know, older veterans uh, not living longer and not many joining to take their place. So uh, they always also have the voucher there, uh, ladies auxiliary at the American Legion. And uh, you know, the Sons of the American Legion, too, which I'm proud to be a member. And I've been fortunate enough to help out with some things and events mm -hmm. that happened there, like dinners and, uh, you know, kids' events, like uh, Halloween get-together every year that kids have, the after uh, Veterans Day parade meal uh, that is provided by the American Legion, too. And, uh, you know, they, they always appreciate uh, volunteers there even though you're a member uh, I still enjoy going down there and volunteering well I can see myself doing some of that as well and uh, that's all in the future at this point it's just satisfying to know you know fulfilling whatever word you want to use to go down and help out the local post and uh, people that don't normally come in they get to see uh, just how generous these events can be the food is provided you know there's no cost uh, like the the dinners that after the the parades uh the breakfast on um, veterans day uh it's provided by the american legion and they don't ask for any monetary or you know admittance fees you know there's one side of me that says it's all cool there's another side of me that says, but Palmer, you weren't in any ultra-dangerous situation. I mean, I always worked in 
these hugely secure offices. And, I mean, other than basic training and that sort of thing, I, my actual job titles and all of that were in, uh, you know, among the most secure buildings our nation owns. <laughs> So how much danger was I ever in? Or, um, but I certainly feel what I did was important. But I, I always feel a little bit odd because many of these people that you're going to be rubbing shoulders with in these organizations had a very dangerous life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I've heard veterans when I've been there talk about, um, you know, folks and servicemen and women in, in your capacity saying, you know, whether or not you were on the front lines, you were still providing support that was necessary to make operations run, uh, whether you were in country or not. I've talked to uh, Vietnam veterans who worked in what they called offices. In, in Vietnam that were not on the front lines, but still they were providing support. And, you know, they were in country. Uh, and, you know, when you're in country like that, uh, they, they tell me you always put yourself in danger like that too. So never knowing, you know, if a, a rocket attack may happen or, or something like that too. So they provided essential support, whether it was stateside or in country wherever the conflict was, too. So, um, you know, you – and I think something that's overlooked, too, and you've heard me say this, too, about spouses of servicemen and women that travel with, you know, their husbands or wives. Uh, for me, they're just as much a veteran as the enlisted person or the officer or whoever it is, and they deserve uh, recognition for their sacrifices, too, for their families and – uh, you know, they provide support for the service woman, for the service man uh, on the home front, too. So they basically signed sure. up for it as well. Okay. So essential support services need to happen for, for that to uh, hopefully run as smoothly as it's designed to run. Well, we've gotten off the... Um well, to a little topic, but it's an important It one. is. I mean, you know, you talk about Gold Star Spouses Day. I mean, that's that's a very important topic there. In 2012, the U.S. Senate uh, designated Gold Star Wives Day to be recognized every year on April 5th. So uh, they later changed it to be inclusive, more inclusive of all spouses, and the name of the day is often used interchangeably, too. So... Um, the, and again, I should note for people listening in, uh, it's a nonprofit organization. Gold Star Wives Inc. welcomes all spouses. So if you're interested in that, uh, that is the name of the organization. Gold Star Wives Inc. I N C. So you know, and, and talking about you this know you being in secure buildings, um, you know, I, it makes me think. Well. Are they secure? Because, you know, remember when the Pentagon got hit on 9-11? That's supposed to be one of the most secure military buildings in the world. 
and you know it came under attack at that time so uh, I guess the meaning of that is places are vulnerable when things like that happen well let's put that to rest for the moment okay um how about some famous birthdays and that sort of thing? Let's Betty Davis. Betty, Betty Davis. Davis. Makes it, me think of the song Betty Davis Eyes. She and I was just about to say I've forgotten the song title, but her eyes are remarkable. Yes. Anyway, she was born in 1908, died in 1989, but born on this date in 1908. Booker T. Washington. Born on this date in 1856, died in 1915. He, he was an American educator, as you many yeah. folks may remember. Author, orator, advisor to several presidents of the United States. Thomas Hobbes. Born in 1588, on this date, died in 1679. And... Uh, he was an English philosopher, considered to be one of the founders of modern political philosophy. He's best known for a 1651 book, Leviathan, which he expounds an influential formulation of a social contract theory. Here's a woman that's still alive, Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. Former president of the Philippines. And she's 74 today and very pretty. Now, <laughs> that's a catchy little tune there, you know? It's married, what is it? Modern Family. Modern Family, that's what it is. <laughs> you were close with Ed O'Neill, though. Married with children. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Famous deaths. We've got two to show. One is Douglas MacArthur, who uh, born in 1880, died in 1964 on this date. And uh, General MacArthur, right? Yes, five-star General MacArthur. If I'm not mistaken, the last five-star officer our nation has had. George Danton. I don't know this name at all. Um, in fact, it's Georges, plural. Georges? Something like that. <laughs> and uh, his, he died in 1794 on this date, born in 1759. What's his thing? He's got a Georges Washington hairdo, doesn't he? Well, yeah. With the curls flipping up on top of both ears. He was a leading figure in the early stages of the French Revolution in particular as the first president of the Committee of Public Safety. Hmm. Okay. How about that? Well, those over there. Cause of death? Oh. Should we say it? I don't know. Execution by guillotine. Oh, that's fun. Ooh. How barbaric. Um, I came across a story. I'm trying to find it now. Here, right. here we go. The state economies hit the most 
by coronavirus. Now, we've had some stories about this along the way. This one's a little more pointed. Let's see. Um, let me do this little one over here. With vaccination efforts allowing states to reopen more and more, but the unemployment rate still high at 6.2%. Wallet Hub today released updated rankings for the state economies hit the most by coronavirus, as well as accompanying um, reports and so on. So... To identify which states are most vulnerable economically. WalletHub compared the 50 states and the District of Columbia across 13 key metrics. The data set ranges from the share of unemployment, I'm sorry, from the share of employment from small businesses to the share of workers with access to paid sick leave and the increase in unemployment insurance claims. Okay, so let's just talk about Ohio. Now, I'll give you a heads up first. When you look at all 50 states plus the District of Columbia, (coughs) what state is having... How do you think Ohio ranks? Oh... Um, with number one being the most difficulty? Yes. I'm going to say 15. Okay, Ohio ranks fourth. Louisiana's getting the toughest time, Oklahoma second, Hawaii third, and then Ohio. Following that, Nevada, Alaska, West Virginia, and so on. So that's a real eye-opener to me. I did not know that. Yeah, likewise. But here are a few points. The impact of COVID-19 on Ohio economy. One the most, 25 the on average. Okay, we are the 21st when it comes to GDP, that's gross domestic product, generated by highly affected industries as share of total state GDP. If you followed that, you're better than I. We are second in Wallet Hub states whose unemployment claims are recovering the quickest score. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are 10th when it comes to share of workers working from home. We are first when it comes to share of workers with access to paid sick leave. And we are 26th when it comes to state rainy day funds as a share of state expenditures. So jumping around a little bit there. But when you look at the total report, Ohio comes in. Oops, let me get this right here. 
So the first section would be highly affected industry and workforce. We come in fourth in Ohio. Resources for businesses to cope better with the crisis. We come in 16th. Okay, let's go to the next classifications. Okay, here we go. Um, in terms of accommodation and food services, Ohio comes in 40th out of 51. Entertainment and recreation, 12th. Retail trade, 25th. And uh, gas and oil extraction and all that sort of thing, 13th. Now let's see what this chart is. I think they could have done a little better job on this particular report. Okay, here we go. Call this, uh, I'm going to call it... Um, Share of employment from highly affected industries. Okay, so Ohio generally in this general category ranks 36th out of 51. But let's, let's break it down. Accommodation and food services, 26th. Arts and entertainment, 37th. Advertising, public relations, and related services, 29th. That's the category our business fits into. And retail trade, 16th. Well, I mean, all you got to do is talk to your friends who have businesses and they will tell you things that are good and things that are bad about uh, what they're going through in their shops and I think uh, they appreciate being listened to also let me give you an update on our own statistics now this is uh, as of yesterday In Athens, we now have had a total of 4,863 COVID-19 cases. Twelve of those were new yesterday. Our current count is 190 active cases. Uh, I think...
think 177 of those are in the hospital getting assistance. Um, Now, if we have 4,863 cases so far since this all began, 96.1% are recovered. That is, 4,673 cases have recovered. Deaths. We're at 53 in our county. What about vaccinations? As of yesterday, 19,319 vaccinations had taken place. That's that's just shy of 30% of our population have been vaccinated. Okay, let's move up to the state. The state as of yesterday, has had a total, since this all began in March 1st of 20, of 1,024,011 cases. Presently, 53,107 are considered active. If I'm not mistaken, there are about 7,450 in ICU units around the state. There are... Well, 40-some thousand, we'll put it that way. Something's not right here. 40-some thousand that are in a regular hospital setting. Now, of the million twenty-four thousand, at this point, nine hundred and seventy thousand nine hundred and four people have recovered. Now, there have been eighteen thousand six hundred and forty-three deaths. Median age, by the way, 42. Now, where's my uh, my point here? Oh, vaccinations. So remember, I told you that Athens County has uh, basically almost 30%, right? Yeah. Statewide. vaccinations. That is 32.5% of our state's population. (coughs) Thank you. Excuse me. Yes, in my elbow. Now, um, that's a pretty good figure. And they're expecting to really increase that 
a great deal in the next few weeks. United States. Boy, have they done a good job. Let's deal with vaccinations first. In the United States, there have been 161,690,000 vaccinations. That is 48.85% of our population. Almost half. And they're saying they're going to, the second half is going to go much faster. You know, we are starting to hear a little bit about what if someone doesn't want to get one? Or the thing that's available to them in their community is this type and they want some other type. Like Johnson & Johnson instead of um, Pfizer. Or just the opposite. I don't know how you deal with that. I'm not going to let it bother me. Folks, I get a vaccination, please. Okay, but uh, let's see here. We were talking about the U.S. So 48, almost 49% has been vaccinated in our nation. I think that's as far as I'll go on this report today. We have about seven minutes remaining. Well, in case you haven't noticed, and now we're turning our attention to the regular news, President Biden has had the opportunity to name Some judges, right? And the New York Times is saying um, that they think he's kind of reshaped the courts a bit. And their report they printed this morning says they're looking at how Biden is trying to leave his own mark on the judiciary. So, last week, in case you lost track of this, the president named 11 people that he plans to nominate to serve on federal courts. That's more than any other recent president this early in their term. Nine of the 11 that he named are women. Three are black women, and one would become the country's first Muslim federal judge. This reporter spoke to another reporter at the New York Times. And I have portions of their conversation here. So the first reporter is speaking, 
and he says, Donald Trump's judicial appointments were a big part of his presidency, and now Biden seems to be making filling vacancies a priority. Why have the courts become so important? The other reporter, who's a specialist in the courts, says, because the courts are deciding our political fights now. Climate change, voting rights, immigration, redistricting. Because the legislative branch is so stuck, the courts are getting to be the arbiters. They've been amplified as a political issue because of their increased importance in deciding big, cutting-edge issues. Well, the first reporter says, so why is President Biden in, in such a hurry? The response, Democrats are operating under the assumption that they have only two years. They could easily lose the Senate next year, and then they'd have to get judicial nominees that Republicans would be willing to vote for. So I think we're going to see a big push from Biden now. Um, so this is a lengthy conversation. And if you go to the New York Times, what they call the morning edition, uh, this article is by Ian Prasad Philbrick. And you may find it most interesting. It's at least four more pages long. And, of course, when I say you can go to, I'm talking about using the Internet, folks. Well, Scott, sports. Sports. <clears throat> We've had a busy weekend. Football's done now, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, the two teams that were in the finals were kind of unexpected, right? Uh, as far as basketball, yeah, the NCAA championship. Well, I, I meant basketball. Or, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I don't think they, it was really unexpected, but there was one team in the Final Four that was unexpected, and that was UCLA, who gave number one Gonzaga all they could handle on Saturday. And they took number one Gonzaga into overtime, and uh, Gonzaga won it on a buzzer-beating three-point basket from uh, just inside the half-court line uh, that, that was launched. And the horn went off as the ball went through the basket, and it was just a wild finish. UCLA was a hot shooting team against Gonzaga. And there were times when they made baskets four and five trips in a row. So anyway, uh, Gonzaga... Number one most of the season, if not all of the season, uh, in the rankings, national rankings, will take on number two, Baylor, uh, who's also number one seed. However, Baylor was ranked number two for most of the season this year. So basically it's a number one versus number two tonight in the oh, so NCAA we have one more to go. Okay, I yeah. didn't realize that. I thought it wrapped up yesterday. Well, that was the ladies' NCAA tournament. Okay. 
that the uh, Stanford Cardinal won their first national championship since 1992, I believe it was. And uh, Beth Vanderveer, the coach of the Cardinal, wins another national championship. They defeated uh, Arizona, the Lady Wildcats. And uh, that was quite a game, too. It was a one-point victory for Stanford. Very exciting game. Well, the Reds had a good weekend. Uh, Pittsburgh went one and two against the Cubs, and the Indians went one and two against the Tigers. And the Reds went two and one against the Cardinals. Folks, we'll try to bring it all to you. (laughs) We do. And we're out of time. Have a wonderful day. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Wendy Gillette in New York. Travel over the Easter holiday weekend set records for the pandemic. Flying to L.A. was packed, and uh, I felt kind of weird, like being really close to people. The increase comes just after the CDC issued new travel guidelines for those fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. TSA screened a record 1.5 million passengers on Friday. CBS correspondent Errol Barnett on how the travel industry is recovering. The hotel and leisure sector added 280,000 jobs during the pandemic. The unemployment rate is still twice the national average at 13%. So positive signs, but a long way to go. But as travel picks up, mitigation efforts slow down and variants spread. Brown University's Dr. Ashish Jha says cases are ticking up. It really is a race right now between these variants that have become widespread and are spreading much more effectively and quickly and how many people we can protect through vaccines. The trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin resumes today. He's charged in the death of George Floyd. More prosecution witnesses are scheduled to take the stand.